The following podcast is a part of the Spin Studio Network. I text you a question, next minute my phone rings. What is wrong with you? Nothing worse than a salad orderer who then wants in on all the chips. Sorry, what section are you in? What section am I in? Someone's trying to board this flight with a semi-trailer-sized luggage. I think you should be more concerned with that. Hello and welcome to another episode of Literally Nobody Cares. We are recording this on the same day it's being released. Hello, it's a brand new fucking day. Uh... Naysayers will say that it's because I'm unprepared, uh, cancelled a recording at the last minute due to work commitments. But the people in the know will know it's because I intentionally planned this because I got back from Bali last night. So I got back last night from Bali, uh, Indonesia. Um, that was a flight that landed at an absurdly late time. Um, and then I got, I think, into the house at like midnight, 12.30, something like that. Not a good time. Anyway, um, now, I, I mean, life update. Sojourns with Sam, as we all know, is the the new lifestyle platform by Sam Mangan. I don't know what a lifestyle platform even is. But, um, yeah, it's, it's Sam V. Uh, Courtney Kardashian pooch that you're correct Courtney um, anyway so the new platform where we're going to discuss reviews um, I've got no content for that platform so I went away and captured literally nothing um, for the literally nobody cares podcast so what happened right I thought to myself I don't want to walk in and record the room and everything because then I can't really review it because I just walked in so I thought I'm going to stay in the room for a couple of days and then record it after like uh, the room is done right like when the room's been redone so it's all put back together so I get to the day when I'm planning to do that and I get, I want to say, violently attacked by food poisoning. I was taken down in a way that is inhumane, it is disgraceful, it is homophobic, uh, it is positively fucking disgusting is what happened to me. Um, I was victimised by Bali um, and Indonesia um, and I don't think they cared, to be honest. Um, it was really not ideal because I was also, um, it was my second last day. And so I was kind of then like concerned that if I arrive at the airport looking anything less than my 10 out of 10 self, uh, I'd be on Corona watch and I couldn't handle 14 days in confinement with a bunch of freak shows. So I really had to turn it up as well. So, um, I was struck down. So the room wasn't made up that day because I was literally bedridden for a full 24 hours, um, actually longer than. 24 hours, if I'm honest. Um, so didn't capture that content. Um, not ideal. What we can do, though, is we can go into the content on the podcast. I can later record, you know, a Sojourns with Sam introduzione, if you will. Um, what I can say is that uh, the likely culprit of the food poisoning was this restaurant called De Maria, who serves Italian food. It was ironically the same restaurant where Cheryl was pointing her torch in my face the whole fucking meal. Uh, if you're in the Literally Nobody Cares Facebook group, you'd know what I'm talking about. If you are not, it's because you're a Cheryl. Um, anyway, that's the restaurant we were in. We ordered, I got a little bit loose, I think, with my choices because, so the first time I went to Bali, which was a couple of years ago, I stayed out in Uluwatu, Uluwatu, um, and that was because I'd never been to Bali before. It was just a a sojourn, if you will, um, a good friend of mine, Amy, and her friend, Brooke, you know, have been to Bali before, and they're like, we've got to do this whole Bali thing. Um, a friend of mine owns a resort in Bali, so we went there, we stayed at the resort. 
it was a fabulous time. But because we're in Uluwatu, that's like over an hour away from Seminyak, where you go if you like a singlish, uh, a burnt tan moment um, and slurring racial epithets. But um, anyway, so that's where we stayed in the part where if you've got some sort of class, that's where you stay. So anyway, we were out there. Um, and so I didn't really ever experience any of Bali's restaurants, etc. because we were so far out. We really just stayed in the resort that we we're in. We did go to Omnia, um, and to a place called, oh, I've forgotten the name of it now, but anyway, that was many years ago, but I, we will find out that name though. And I'll post that in the group because that place is actually a 10 out of 10. I didn't go back this time because it was so far away, but it really was great. Um, El Cabron is what it's called. And you have sort of like a drink and the sun goes down. It's all very romantic. Um, anyway, so this time I stayed in the middle of Seminyak. So I just want to get started on this sojourn, if you will, um, with just clarity, if you will, clear minds, clear hearts. Um, I was going to Bali um, on invitation from one of my oldest friends, Taylor, um, and her new husband, David, two of my very closest friends, very dear to me. Uh, they had decided to convert their honeymoon into a buddy moon. So uh, it meant that their friends came along with them um, and gave us an excuse really to just travel away. Um, now they obviously being their buddy moon had elected the location, etc. So I was not to be involved in those decisions or discussions. Um, now, I personally would not have chosen Bali myself. Um, that's just me. So that's why I ended up in Bali. To be completely transparent, I won't be going back. It's a fucking no from me, okay? It's a no from me. Um, and, you know, I just know that the people who were regular listeners could hear that coming from me. They just knew I was going to arrive with it's a no from me. And you know what? I was riding the wave. There was all these trendy restaurants. There was all these drinks being had. And then we got to De Maria. And then the whole fucking train fell off the tracks. The wheels flew off. The whole fucking place fell apart. Let's start with day one. I traveled on the Jetstar Airways flight, JQ, who gives a fuck. Um, and I was just really getting ready. Because, you know, Jetstar's famous for delays. They're famous for terrible service. They're famous for average planes. Um, but they're also famous for a cheap ticket. So I flew business class, which, well... Is, is it business class? I'm not sure. Premium um, economy, um, if I guess you could refer to what they're serving at the back as economy even. Um, anyway, business class, if you will. And what I will say is this, shocked and appalled I was with the service. It left Qantas for dead. I mean, they were just, welcome on board, can I get you a drink? Obviously, it was a sparkling wine. You know, you can't have everything. A sparkling wine and orange juice or a water. I had received more prompt service on my $7 flight. I can't remember how much it cost me because it was practically free uh, against my uh, $13,500 flight the other week with Qantas. Um, better service, more prompt. Let me tell you, they were happy to see me. It was a, a smile from ear to ear. Uh, everything was good to go. I shared on my Instagram, they had given me a little package if you will, um, with amenities. Now, an amenity can I get? What's going on there, right? I've traveled for many years uh, internationally, both economy, both business, both first. I've seen the full gamut of these little kits they give you, and I still don't get what the fuck they're for. Who is using an orange-laced face cream that you've been given to use on a plane that is presumably just packed with foul 
you know, excess from the real skincare department. Do you know what I mean? Like, nobody's using that really. You know what I mean? It's not working. I don't know what sort of deal they got going on, but if these brands think that if someone's getting these, like, small little bits they're getting on, then buy a full size, nothing you're offering is of any value. I'm never buying a full size. They're all disgusting. And why are they all reeking of orange constantly? What's with orange? It's always orange. It's bizarre because producer Courtney slash sister is actually allergic. Uh, I'm just offended. So... It's not for me. I just, I can't get on board with any of the little kits, right? You get the hand cream, you get the lip balm and you get the bot, like the body balm, like the moisturizer. I don't want your freak show products. You tiny thrill, fuck off. Then you get an eye mask, which I never understand. I can't have something encumbering my eye department when I'm trying to sleep. Cause then all I can think of It's still on my face. I can feel it on my forehead. It's quite tight on my head. I can't be doing that. No to that. What else do you get inside? A pair of socks. Fuck off. What do I want? They're the thinnest things anyway. What am I? I don't need those in my life either. What else do you get in there? You get a little card that explains what everything is. Waste of time, it should say. Uh, And then you get that pouch. No one's reusing the pouch. That's not a thing either. Qantas for a while. No, was it Virgin? No, Qantas for a while was doing like a an artist type situation, everyone like, you know what I mean? It's like, collect them all. Um, what about you just return them and offer maybe some good service? Let's collect that on each flight. A smile maybe. Anyway, so you get the little amenity kit. Now, most of kits, like I said, are garbage. Now, this one was still garbage, don't get me wrong. But it was given to me in a little, um, you know, like a Hessian bag moment, like a Woolworth style bag, right? Now, I'm never going to fucking use that again. But I looked around the cabin. Plenty of people there were going to be buying Bintang singlets in Bali and using that to carry them around. Very smart, Jetstar. Very, very smart. Moving right along, what else did I have inside that I thought was brilliant? Had a pen, which is fucking important because when you get those stupid customs form, why are we still filling out a customs form? You get there, they want my fingerprint, they want me to talk to people, and you still want me to handwrite a card? Could be filled with lies. Is anyone in Indonesia reading my arrival card? No. Can they even read it? Then you get the new one now. It's like the Corona card. And it's like, who's, I mean, who's telling the truth on those cards? Truly. I mean, have you been to China the last 14 days? None of your business. What do you know? How are you going to check? Do you know what I mean? Like, no one's interrogating you. Anyway, so that was a no from me. Um, But then, oh, you get a blanket on Jetstar, right? It was all very well put together. I was truly astounded. The blanket came and it was, you know, a blanket was rolled up. But on the end, it had like an elastic bandy type thing attached to the blanket that wrapped around to keep it rolled together. I mean, genius. Would have been great if we could have seen that on Sojourns with Sam. Well, I have a photo. Excellent. Um, we'll put that up later. And that uh, actually, and then it said on the little, pa- on the little sleeve that it came in, uh, this is yours to take home. And you know what? I fucking appreciate that, Jetstar, because you know what I now know? No one else used this before me. No corona-bearing freak show had this before I did. Whereas all the other airlines, you know they're putting them through a wash. And, like, what sort of a wash? Do you know what I mean? Is it like a corona wash? I don't, I don't want anything to do with that. Anyway, so I was really impressed with that. The menu was positively vile. There was chicken thigh. There, oh, it was just – and they were like, no, no, what about a curry? What are you serving a curry up there for? No. This one bathroom. You can't be serving curry. No, absolutely not. Um, except I'll tell you what, if I looked around the cabin, everyone was thrilled. Thrilled to be receiving their different meals. On the way back, the meal was duck. Now, I'm sorry, Jetstar. You've got a brand and it isn't duck. 
I don't even want to eat duck from Neil Perry's designed menu on Qantas. I certainly don't want it from leftovers from the local deli on Jetstar. Do you know I'm like, I don't want that. That's disgusting. But I will tell you the guy too across from me, he ordered the duck and he seemed pretty thrilled with it, to be honest. Anyway, so I was shocked. I thought that on the way back we'd have problems. I didn't get a single delay. We took off on time both times. The service is impeccable. The service was easily better than Qantas. Uh, I thought the amenity kit made sense. I thought the blanket made sense. It was light. It was good coverage without being too heavy. Don't like being hot on a plane. Uh, the planes had a manual air moment. Now, I'll stop there for a minute because some people may not know what's going on there, but a manual air moment is very important for me because if you fly Virgin, now I'm not a Virgin basher, I love Virgin, but they don't have a manual air control. Whatever they decide in the cabin is what you will deal with. And I am not into my decisions being made for me. So I like to be able to twist the little situation and have my own airflow consistently. Uh, you've got that on Jetstar. On Virgin, you don't. And Virgin becomes a war because if you pull a flight attendant aside and you say, oh, hi, I'm, I'm sweating profusely, like I've just gone on a five-kilometer jog, um, so could you possibly just turn the air down to maybe something palatable, okay? This isn't fucking hell. Then they go and turn it down. And then the two people who are 105 years old on the plane always say, oh, we're just a little bit cold. That's because you're three steps from death. Um, that's not anything to do with the air temperature, okay? That's the world letting you know that it's time's almost up. Do you know? So they then turn the heat back up. And then it's Satan's lair again. And I just can't be involved. So anyway, I was quite impressed with Jetstar, to be honest with you. They nailed it in both forms. It was all happening. Um, anywho, we arrive in Bali what did I do on the first day? I mean, I had many a massage, right? Like, I don't get Bali. I've always said this and I'm maintaining it. I don't get what I'm doing there. The place is fucking filthy. It's a third world country. It's a no from me. Now, what I will say is this. Before Cheryl fucking comes for me, before Karen comes to me and they're like, oh, you must have stayed in the five-star. Well, if you stayed, if you went to... Uh, listen here. I stayed in a five-star hotel. Does your five-star hotel have water that you can drink out of the tap? No, it doesn't. Does your five-star hotel not have disgusting dirt everywhere outside? Yes, it does. Do you know why? Because it's a third-world country. It's not for me. And before Christy Hyphen Lee comes to me, she's like, oh... But it's so good because you can get a massage for $12. Cool, honey. I can afford a massage in the Western world at whatever prices they're charging. I don't want to be in that environment just so I can get a $22 massage. It's just not that desperate of a need for me. Anyway, I also don't need bolt-ons that are pointing different directions. So I just don't need their surgery either. I just It's not for me the place. I can't get on board with anything in anything to do with it. I will say the food this time was much better. We went to kind of like all the hot spots. The first night we went to a place called Mexicola, I want to say. Could be, could be wrong. I think it was called Mexicola. Let me tell you, it was a Mexican restaurant. The food was stunning. I would have easily eaten that food in Australia. Like it was a 10 out of 10. We enjoyed that food, um, but it was quite loud. Um, I'm not young. Um, it was loud. I didn't feel like I was in a restaurant. I felt like I was in a nightclub. Anyway, so we were sort of yelling across the hall. The food was good. There was a vibe happening. It was okay. Anyway, they sort of said we need the tailback at 10.15. We had an 8 p.m. reservation. Um, it got to about 9.30 and the volume started to lift. Um, the vibe started to lift also. People started to create a dance floor where there wasn't a dance floor. And I was thinking, 
wow, these people are really going for it. And I'm talking like an 18-year-old in a bintang with the fake Louis Vuitton bum bag he's just bought today. And then also a 50-year-old woman with the fake Camilla she's bought today with her gal pals living her best life for the first time in 30 years. Um, Care Factor nil about what everyone's thinking about them. And I've got to love that. They're dancing together. They don't know each other um, in this faux dance floor department. Anyway, as we start to arrive to 10 o'clock, it becomes clear that um, this venue is turning into something else that I wasn't maybe prepared for um, and that I would call a full-scale nightclub. Um, and it was like we were in transition with it. Do you know what I mean? I felt like I was just like Caitlyn Jenner. The transition was real and it was aggressive and it was fast. It was thrust upon me, very much like Caitlyn to the world. So anyway, um, all of a sudden, now we're, we've been drinking. I'm with Taylor, as I said, my very good friend, lover to death. No one gets to a level like Taylor like that. You know what I mean? Like she can hit it fast. Um, she hit it fast. Um, and you know, she's on her honeymoon too. So she's really ready to go. Um, and she felt that the people on the dance floor weren't representing really the best vibes, the best moves. Um, they weren't representing Australia. Well, I think is the way I would put it. So she felt the need to sort of assist, but she sort of began from just our table. You know, she just started with a bit of a move and just, you know, an arms flailing movement, if you will. Um, you know, I was jiving with my shoulders only, so I was sort of into it. Um, anyway, so then as we start to arrive to 10 p.m., it becomes clear this is a full-scale transition. You know, it's the cover of one of that magazine Caitlin did. It came out. No, not Vogue. No, the one that, like the announcement one. No. Wasn't Annie Leibovitz on Vogue? No. Vogue doesn't do hidden oh. agendas, etc. Harper's? No. no, 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 no. It was like Hollywood Reporter. It was like TV Guide. It was no, like, it was not TV Guide. I'm it wasn't it TV up. Guide. It was like it was something LA. It was something very like Hollywood. It wasn't Vogue. Fucking Anna is turning in her soon to be grave. <laughs> it is a no from me. Anyway, it was Vanity Fair. Vanity, vanity Fair. Do you know what I mean? Hollywood, like lower end. Vanity Fair is not lower end. It was Annie Leibovitz taking the photo. Yeah, I mean, like, if you've got the price, you'll, you can pay it. You know what I mean? Like, you've got the money. Anyway, so I felt a little bit like Vanity Fair. So anyway, we start the move. It's all happening. Anyway, next minute, it just, it's like the magazine dropped. The whole venue transformed. It transcended what it was and became something new. And all of a sudden, I'm standing on the table dancing. It was just very quick and aggressive, do you know? Because once they put on Conga by Gloria Estefan, what else can I do but make clear that I know the words? Do you know what I mean? And some people are like mouthing along. No, no. Come shake your body, baby. Do that, Conga. No, you can't control yourself any longer. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you know the words, you know the words. That's all I'm saying. So all of a sudden I'm on the table. Um, and when you look around, and there's a lot of cheering, a lot of like woohoos, a lot of like, yeah, a lot of stamping. And you look around, it's the staff. The entire venue staff. We're in Bali, keep in mind. So you flick a 50 cent coin, you've got a staff of 10. You've got... Every staff member in the place, they're on tables, they're cheering, they're helping people up on tables, they're stabilising tables for some of us who are dancing. You then start realising that these tables are ready for dancing. These aren't just a standard table. They've reinforced them. There's extra metal things. It's all fucking happening. So it very quickly went from zero to 100, that restaurant. Um, needless to say, Taylor took the dance floor down, the, the faux dance floor. Um, people weren't ready for that. I was on top of a table. Um, I took that down. 
um, which someone can attest to because there was a follower in the restaurant. So um, they caught an eye of that, unfortunately for everyone. But um, not really much of a problem because, like I said, come shake your body, baby. Do you know what I, mean? I know it. So anyway, that was the first night. We proceeded on from there. I must admit Bali has some fantastic restaurants if you know where you're going. And I was with some real Instagram fanatics who had stalked and received recommendations, etc. So we were going places. And so I was just living my best life. It was like, yeah, throw ice in it. I'll have ice. It's from a reputable venue, darling. Ice. And, you know, we just proceeded and we went to Finns and I was just living my best life because, you know what I mean? Like seeing all these people who are absolute losers who are taking photos of themselves for their 16 followers on Instagram and they're doing like a twirl with their capes they've bought down the road from this like scummy market, but they're still twirling. And it's like, did you catch the logo? Oh, we saw it. It's neon because it's not the right color because Louis Vuitton's never done that color, sweetheart. Okay, darling. Um, it was just great to see, you know, like right in the thing. I felt like I was inside Instagram all almost, you know, like you'd stepped into the app and it was just really fantastic to see all of that going on, especially as people like started taking turns, you know, like you get my photo, then I'll get your photo, then you'll get my photo, then we'll get our photo. And then it'll be a group photo, an individual photo. It was great. If you were bored by that, um, which you became pretty quick, then you just began watching the many, many, uh, I would say disgusting old men is the appropriate word, trying to get with the girls. So one thing that you need to know about Bali is that if you'd like to drink a cocktail, they are cheap, okay? You're spending $10 on pretty much any cocktail you want. Most venues at like a certain period of time, like 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. are two for one. So it turns into a real situation, real fucking fast. If you would like a glass of wine, what you'll need to do is offer up your return flight home, your hotel accommodation, the blue slip to your car, I think it's a pink slip, your house mortgage papers, maybe your firstborn, for a single glass of even Cirame over there. That's a joke. Cirame isn't exported from the country. We're too embarrassed. So basically, uh, you'll need to give your right arm for a glass of wine because anything that's brought in like a wine is just an outrageous cost. So I, of course, ordered the wine um, and... You know, you then start to notice people who are also ordering the more expensive beverages are flaunting that they have the expensive beverages because they're 50 and ugly. And so they're trying to, like, show the 18-year-old insta whore that, like, look, we have Moe. And it's like, well, I wouldn't brag about that. But we have Moe, so... I, look at me speaking like I'm from Bali. Moet is actually how it's pronounced. But anyway, we have Moet. Um, I'm in character now. So we have Maui. Um, did you want to sleep with me? And it's like, no, I don't think that's what they want to do. Um, at Finn's Beach Club, actually, it was fascinating. We were sitting behind um, what I can only imagine were three Russian mobsters, I, I can imagine, um, who just who just purchased two girls to come to the club because they were bored. Um, we witnessed the arrival, the introductions to everyone who was at the table, um, the progression from handshake to, um, you know, over the pants fondling, um, et cetera. Um, it was also fascinating because these two girls just turned up and just ruined these guys of all their goods. Like it was just like, cause when you got all these clubs, it's a minimum spend. Like they're making some bank over there. Like that's the next investment, a fucking day club in Bali. When you go and you, you don't just go there and order whatever you get a day bed and it's a minimum spend of like $700 or whatever. So then, you know, you're ordering drinks if we wanted to make up the $700. So these girls just turned up and they were just ordering drinks and food. Like it was an endless tab. Um, but then what didn't make sense to me from these three Russian mobsters and the two whores was that, or a whore and a friend, I couldn't work it out. But 
was they turned up, ate and drank, and then they left. It's like, what did you buy? Isn't the transaction the sex? I don't really get it. Did you really want the, you had your three mobster mates. Did you need the company? I didn't really get that. It was like maybe he'd been rejected too many times in the pools and he just thought, well, I'll purchase my own. Anyway, it was truly bizarre. But this is a good time. We got poured with rain on, but we're in the pool anyway, so what's the difference? Um, what else? I saw Finns. We went back to Omnia. Omnia is just vile. Like, I mean, it's a really lovely place and whatever else. But, like, firstly, the couches are fucking falling apart. And for the amount of money you spend to go to that place, fix the fucking couch. The service is abysmal. Um, we ordered a fruit platter three times and never received it. Um, and I think also... It's just, it's such a pretentious venue that all you're doing is watching girls walk around and get photos of themselves. That's all you end up doing. And it's just a lot. Whereas Finn's had a more chilled vibe for me. Then one day, um, everyone else went to um, Casa del Mar, I think it's called, which is the new one. I was violently ill because I went to De Maria with the filthy Italian food that made me sick. It's owned by an Australian. So if you know that person, please let them know that their food's disgusting and made me ill for a day and I'm still not great. So thanks. Um, way to wrap up Bali. I noticed that Taylor posted like some big swing thing and stuff with monkeys. Did you do any of that stuff? No, I went for a four hour day spa day <laughs> instead. <laughs> they were like, let's drive 90 minutes to a swing where we may have questionable safety standards. And I was like, yeah, okay, no. Um, what if we saw monkeys? Yeah, I've been at fucking Omnia. I've seen all of the monkeys I need to see. Thank you very much. They also were climbing all over people in a desperate attempt for money or a free drink. So, um, no, I don't need to see the real life monkeys. Um, they apparently were quite cheeky, these monkeys, though, I was told. Um, they weren't allowed on heads, but they went on heads. So, um, as someone who prides himself on their hair, can we stop for a moment? The fucking water in Bali. You can't drink it. You can't do anything with it. It's fucking worthless. What I will say is this. It also fucks your hair. So, like, it's a sneaky side moment. You know going in that you can't drink it. But then when I can't get the volume in my hair and I can't get the proper movement that I need, that doesn't set me up for a good day. Do you know what I mean? It's just not for me. Who wants to go somewhere where you can't drink the water? You're, I'm literally putting my electric toothbrush inside a bottle of God knows what water, and then that's how I'm getting water for, to brush my teeth. And I've never really thought about this, but I don't ever allow water into my mouth in the shower, right? Like, that's not a thing. I don't know. Do you do that, Courtney? You have water in your mouth in the shower. Yeah, sometimes I'll just, like, take, like, not in Bali, but in my own bathroom, yeah, just to, like, rinse my mouth out the first thing in the morning because I like, there's a lot of, like, germs and stuff in your mouth in the morning. You're not supposed to drink first up until you brush your teeth. Right, okay. Or, like, bacteria. So I, like, just do a bit of a gurgle and spit it out and then I brush my teeth when I get out. Yes, but you're not, like, ingesting the I'm water. I'm not like, drinking it, no. no. So Who like, likes warm water? Yeah, I don't really know. So I was, like, when I first went to Bali, I was, like, that's fine. I don't take any water in my mouth from the shower anyway. That's weird. I don't get it. But then when you're showering, you realize that sometimes it just breaches the entry point and you're just not ready. And then all of a sudden you're like, is that saliva or is that barley water? Am I going to die? And then you're just like, like <laughs> and then you like, get me out of the shower. And a shower is a holy place. It can wash away even the worst of days. And then you're in there fighting off beads of tiny water all coming for your mouth. 
and you've never noticed how much it's coming for your mouth before until you're in Bali. Anyway, I did a four-hour spa day. It cost me a total of 75 Australian dollars, um, which again, it's fabulous, but I can also afford 700. So I just don't care. And so if anyone messages me and they're like, you just didn't do it right. I went to all the top restaurants. I stayed at a beautiful five-star hotel, you know, sands beautiful. Uh, and you know, I did all the right things. I went to the fucking Cheryl loving torture my eyeball restaurant and I got unwell. The food was delicious, but fuck not worth it. Let me tell you. Um, and then, you know, I just everything, you go to the Cornish store and you're like, what am I buying? What am I eating? Everything that comes to you on a plate, you're just like, where have you been? You know, like, how did you wash this glass? Who are you? Where did you serve this from? Where's the kitchen? What is everyone doing here? There's too many questions. I already walk around enough questions in my head. I can't be adding more to it. And let me tell you, Bali is a fucking question mark. The whole place is like the Riddler. Everywhere you walk, you're like, what's going on here? And then you turn around and there's some 55-year-old woman with a Louis Vuitton bag with like shonky label and different colors and a giant emblem that's never been on a bag ever made by the brand. And you're like, what are you, why are you doing this? You spent 30 on the fake. You could have spent 100 and it could have looked even sort of real. You know, we went to a shop where they were scary. They had my shoes on that I was literally wearing the day and they're my um, Louis Vuitton Eclipse loafers. So they're the classic print with the LVs all over them but reversed in the greys and the black. They had those shoes. And let me tell you, side by side, they were fucking close. Like, it was pretty unbelievable. I could easily have worn those and no one would ever have known the difference. And then we went to another shop. And this shop was shiki-deaky, right? I am talking glass frontage, beautiful bamboo entry, atrium views out to a little garden, a Chinese garden, if you will, beautiful displays. And it's got every brand you can imagine. Hermes Birkins, Chanel boy bags, fucking Louis Vuitton's current season bags everything there and they were damn good fakes let me tell you like wow how much were they so they ranged like a birkin was going for about 350 australian dollars so like obviously comparison to a real birkin very very cheap but i mean you know in comparison to what cheryl was paying you know after she bought the fake camilla with her bag was quite pricey you know given she had her budget for 15 dollars a day but well like you can go there and you can eat for so cheap I saw the little wagons that were being wheeled around with questionable meat over fire. No one's eating that. And then I got unwell. And then I was like, you've got to eat white rice. Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't rice like the worst bacteria carrier ever? Well, actually, George Columbaris taught me on MasterChef that rice is actually the highest like culprit for food poisoning. Yes, because it's like a bacteria machine harvester well i think it's also because like people will reheat rice so many times like from their takeaway or whatever and they keep it in their fridge i think it's just like a track like you know what i mean so like everyone's like let's have a nazi goring i was like i'm having a plate of germs the fuck's it come from no thank you yeah we're here let's get a nazi no thank you make a great nazi down the road bam bam you know that rice has been in australia the whole time i'm not into that fuck every time you look at a menu over there i'm just like they're like oh it's a chorizo from where though Where'd you get it from? Who made it? If it was made here, I can't be eating it. You know, like, then thank God I didn't get sick until the last day because I was having chicken this and that and the other. Once I got sick the day before we left, everything from there on was like, yeah, I'll have a cheese pizza. Yeah, I'll have a cheese sandwich. 
You know what you can't fuck up? The cheese. And I'm betting you're not making that shit here. You know what else you're not making here? The bread. So, like, I'm not having a bar of it. Everything I ate was just plain. And then it was just like, ah, oh, did you want a glass of ice with that? Did I want a glass of diarrhea? No, thank you. I'll just have the can with a straw, you fuckwit. And then it, it, just everything about it. They're like pouring my glass from a jug. Where'd you bring that jug from? What's, how'd you fill that up? Is it just outside in the sewer lines? I don't even fucking know. No. Get it away from me. Bring the bottle to the table. I will crack the lid. You will not be cracking the lid because I don't know what's happened here. It's just not for me. You know, we had a driver, though. His name was Ray. He was referred to me by a good friend, Chelsea. He was fabulous. Such a lovely guy. Taught me some great things. Some things I think we could implement more of here in Australia. For example, you can hire the police there to do whatever you want. (laughs) What a time to be alive. You can actually pay for a day of their time. So if you just want to pop around with an escort, you can. I mean... What kind of a day would you use a police escort for, Sam? I was discussing with Ray what the rules were like at how much they bend in the wind. So basically, I've discovered that you can actually pay for a police escort to the airport. So some people in Bali obviously need to make their plane, they're important, whatever. So, you know, obviously... All countries in the world offer that if you're a diplomat or someone and you can prove that it's required. And, you know, in Australia, for example, it's a very high threshold. You have to prove that without the police escort, you are under, you know, substantial personal harm or risk to harm. Um, Or the general public is by you not having the police escort, which is why famous people have it to avoid, you know, accidents, etc. Whereas in Bali, quick flick of the pen, uh, a little checker do, and you can have one for the day. But on the way to the airport, you can just buy them up a storm and they just fucking clear traffic. Let me tell you, those scooters move when a police car comes through. Like, because, I mean, over there, you know, it's corruption.com. So, like, they were, I mean, on the way to the airport, they had a police pullover. It looked like a, a DUI situation. And I was like to Ray, what's going on here? He said, oh, they pull over and over. They're doing a random check. He said, we don't get pulled over just for scooters. I said, what are they doing that for? He said, oh, they just wait for anyone who's a foreigner. And then they say, where's your international passport? And when they say they don't have one because you can't get one in Bali, then they charge you a fee. So delicious little scheme they're going on over there. Um, we also passed a shop where you can buy a police uniform. So next time I go, I could just be a police officer myself. But anyway, um, so you can just hire them to take you to the airport and it's a brisk little experience. But you can also pay a day rate. And I just thought to myself, people wouldn't mess with you then. You know what I mean? Like if you're going to haggle over a bag... What's the chances you're going to get the lowest price first and you got a cop standing there? I would have thought pretty high. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, wouldn't they be like, no, 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 these aren't fakes. These are nothing. Goodbye. Like, wouldn't they want you out of there if they have fakes in there, if the cops are walking through? You're pulling tourists over and charging them a fee for a license that doesn't exist. I think we're pretty far from the Western world and laws. I think we're okay. Um, and so I think that that's my kind of town where if I lived there – um, I would live out way away from everyone else. And then every time I went into town, I would hire the police to surround me um, just to make sure. The humidity there was um, – the humidity represented actually similar to the Literally Nobody Cares Facebook group when that person in there decided to start telling me that George Calambaras was the devil because the fucking union or whatever had published these pictures. Like, oh, imagine the union having something bad to say about a fucking paying employer. When was the last time you did anything good? But anyway, um, and then she was like, sorry, Sam. Oh. Sorry for what? Allowing you in here? Yeah, that's what I'm sorry for. What What do people think? You've heard the podcast. You've heard me speak. Do you think I was going to reply and be like, oh, no. 
all this information. I better abandon all my beliefs and understanding, knowledge. Have it all back. Law degree, keep it. Fuck you. Bunch of wankers. Get out of the group. Anyway. Did the we hum- get her out of the group? I didn't even know. I responded and was like, fucking park it, sweetie. Like, park it immediately. I didn't get her out of the group, so if you didn't. Then- oh, she's still in there. She's probably listening. Thanks for listening. Yeah, don't worry. Do you think she has an Android? No. Huawei. <laughs> for sure. With 17 cameras on the back. And so then she's like, no, no, you have to use my phone. Just in case one day we blow this picture up onto a billboard on the side of Times Square or a bus. Thanks. We can tell it's a fake Camilla without the blowing up. Anyway, um, so yeah, there were some strong fakes in Bali. They were turning on a real situation this time. Um, their money's fucked. I don't know if you know that. Their money's weird. Um, 10 Australian dollars is 100,000 of their dollars. So you become a millionaire immediately. And, when I, and I knew that last time and I obviously understood the exchange rate when I entered into the transaction to exchange my real money for their monopoly money. Um, but of course, and I was quite busy. So in the lead up to Bali, it's it was a really bad time for me to travel. I just didn't have the time, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so I had been trying for days and days and days to make time to make it to a currency exchange place because you can't, they don't open after hours. So every day I'd missed it and missed it and missed it and I'd set time in the schedule and I'd miss it and whatever, run over. And so then the day before I left, I had no choice but to go because my flight was the next morning at 7 a.m. So I raced out of the office and got to pack fair. I got to Pacific Fair, um, you know, the world's greatest shopping center, and um, I arrived at the National Australia Bank. Um, that's there, the, the branch that they have there. I arrived and it was Pension Tuesdays. I'd forgotten about that. Um, and so there was quite a number of um, lovely elderly people um, in the line at the National Australia Bank. So I joined the line quietly and patiently. There was a gentleman in the corner who was on his mobile phone, uh, which was on the desk on speakerphone, whilst also being on the bank phone, um, where he was trying to uh, connect a two-way call with his mobile and the phone from the bank so that the person on the mobile on speakerphone could speak directly to the bank on the bank phone. Um, And then he would every now and again just jump in. Um, I think that he thought that he was a rather... um, brilliant high finance businessman in his singlet and thongs um, because there seemed to be a lot of issues around entities that have been created in different bank accounts. Um, But the long and short of it was none of them had any money in them. Um, It was just a lot of accounts. It was all very convoluted. But um, what it boiled down to was they had no money in them, so they were all pointless. So um, the bank was trying to just sort of say to him, why don't we just close it? There's no money in any of them. Anyway, um, he was just then trying to force the phone onto his mobile harder, thinking that would create a stronger connection for the two to chat. It was mind-blowing. Um, and the branch, we were all just listening in because the speaker it was on speakerphone. So um, <laughs> that was really interesting. And then, of course, on the phone, the person would say something, but they were just on a standard telephone, like a, a handset. They weren't on speakerphone. So then when they would say something, and then, then it would be like, Hey! No, she said that account. It's like, so why are you holding the phone down? If they can't hear each other, you'll just have to do all three. I didn't know. Anyway, so I'm watching that play out. I'm thinking to myself, this is going to be where I kill myself. Knowing that I have a meeting arriving in 30 minutes, thinking, my God. And, you know, nothing against elderly people, but 
they've just got nothing else to do in their day but have a chat with the person at the bank. So it's like they're having their weekly chat with the bank person and I don't have time for a weekly chat with the bank person, nor theirs. So as you're hearing their questions, it's just like, oh my God, please hurry along or step aside, allow me to leave and then resume. I finally get to the front of the um, counter and I'm like, hello, um, I need to get some money out, but I unfortunately don't have my card. My card currently is at Catch New York where I started a bar tab uh, and never closed it and just walked out. Um, And so I'm going to require some money for my trip internationally where I have no money anymore. (laughs) Um, And she was like, oh, did you use the ATMs outside? No. That's why I'm asking you for money. Uh, And as I've just explained to you, I don't have a card to insert into the machine. Oh, you can use PayPass. Would would that not require the card? Oh, you don't have your card. No, no. That's why I'm here. That's why I've waited in the line behind every 80-year-old on the Gold Coast. Um, said, oh, this is an express branch. We don't do money here. I'm sorry, you'll need to go again. What was the place called again? The National Australia. Was it the bank? What is it that you don't do here? You don't do money. So I've just waited in this line. I've understood now this gentleman needs to close four accounts, all of which have no money in them. Um, I've understood that you can't have a conversation between a speakerphone and a handset. I now know that three different elderly people um, have not much going on today. Um, And you're telling me that the bank can't provide me the money that I keep with them which I believe to be their legal obligation, given that when I signed up, I said, you hold on to this for when I need it. Um, and then she really got lippy with me. And then she was like, it's an express branch. It's not a branch, is it? It's a help desk without any help. You're just a fucking desk with a bad haircut. That's it. You're a desk with a bad haircut. That's all you are with pamphlets. Here's a pamphlet about a smart ATM. It's not fucking smart because I can't do anything without a card. So I was right on the precipice of a breakdown mentally and emotionally. Um, I almost went over and smashed the gentleman's head into the handset just to end that conversation. Uh, And then anyway, the girl then was like, where do you live from behind the desk with the bad haircut? And I was like, the Gold Coast, thinking like, where is this going? She's like, no, suburb, like I'm the idiot. You don't have any money in the bank. I'm not the idiot. And then I was like, like in Corral, oh, there's another branch. I know there are more branches, fuckhead. In fact, I work opposite a branch, but I came here thinking I could do both branch and currency conversion in one trip. Silly me to think the bank would offer me money that I left with them. Anyway, so I then left and went to Westpac Bank, where I have another bank account for something else. And they were just glorious. Welcome in. How can we help? Money. We have money. We're a bank. Do you? Funny. What did you need? What have you got? An ID, a card. We don't mind. NAB, just fucking, well, we have a desk. It's a fucking great fit out and a very expensive desk, but that's what we've got to offer. I then go to the currency conversion. Um, and at this stage, I'm out of time. Uh, The meeting has arrived at the office. I've received a text message. I'm going to be very late, but I can't abandon the currency conversion because I'm going to have no money in Bali. So I then get to the currency conversion desk. I'm like, hello, just swap a room, Bali money, whatever that the fuck is, rupiah. And then she's like, okay, have you been here before? Yes, I've converted money here before. How did you hear about us? I've seen the building before. It's fine. 
Oh, so you, you walk past. I can just put that on the form. What form? Oh, we're just asking some customers. I'm not participating in a survey because I have just been told by my bank that has all my money that they can't give me any. And I am now late for a meeting and tomorrow I'm going to a germ-ridden dump for six days. So just get me the fucking fake Monopoly money. And she's then like, oh, okay, we'll just pop that aside then. A couple minutes later, as she's taking a very long time to do what I think is quite a simple conversion with her calculator. You look familiar. Have I seen you around? I don't know. I'm doing an email right now trying to save my sanity. It's weird. You in here a lot? Yes, I'm in the centre a lot. Okay. I won't be for the next six days because I'm getting food poisoning in a country I hate. So just great. And then she... I feel so stressed. <laughs> I'm so stressed. I need to I get back like to the I'm office. There with you. And then she gets the money out, the fake Monopoly money, and then she just delivers the final punch that I just can't handle after this hour of my life where she's like, guess what? And I look up, what now? You're a millionaire. <laughs> I'm going to take your limbs from you and sell them in Bali for the money that I'm not going to be given because I'm about to hurl abuse at you. I can't even. How many times have you used that millionaire line? Because it was like she wanted an applause as if I had a band behind me for the ba-dun-dun-ch. Fuck you. Fuck your jokes. I don't have time for it. I was trying to run out of there. She then hands me what is like a billion dollars, quite literally, in cash. And then I'm like, could you pop it in an envelope so I'm not walking around with a billion dollars in Monopoly money? Oh, yeah, that'd be awkward. (laughs) Oh, she hurt every fibre of my being. So that was the hour to get my fucking money. I then went over there and it was just like, you hand out money there too, like it's just fake money because it is kind of fake money, but it's not really. Eventually it converts back. But you just feel bad because like everyone's earning nothing and they're all living like, you know, you drive past these places and they're not lovely. And it's just a bit disconcerting. So you just, it's like you have, you need it more than I do. You have it. And it's, you just feel bad. Anyway, that was Bali. It was it was rough to handle. Um like I said, I, I I had a great time. There was some definite moments um, where we had some phenomenal times. Some of the restaurants were mind-blowing, I'll give you that. Uh, and the food was cheap, but certainly not street vendor cheap, but it was cheap. But to recap, um, I like to not have to have a war with the shower water um, when I shower. Uh, I like to walk down the street and not sweat so much that I need a swim. Um, I like to eat food and not wonder where it's been. I like to travel to countries where just, I mean, I must admit the people there are lovely. They're all so willing to help. They're all so happy to help. You know, they just live it like they're just living their lives over there. It's just like, you know, there are people getting around in their hoodies and their jeans and they're carrying, you know, two meters of this like piping stuff on scoot. Like they are just living it tough over there, but they're happy, loving their lives. They're so thankful that tourists are there spending their money. You know, it's it's just a different world, but it's just not for me. I'm more than happy to pay five or $600 for a couple of hours of a massage if that's what needs to happen so that I can just shower in fucking peace. That's just where I'm at. Anyway, we're going to progress on to, we forgot last week, 
Was yeah. it last week? Yeah, we yeah. didn't get last week. Sorry. We forgot. We didn't do a tasty, tasty. Bad producer, Courtney. But uh, this week we're doing tasty, tasty. Um, Today we have classic kiwi onion chip dips. Yeah, great. Dip chips, sorry. Let's try those. I also think that today's episode is going to go down as your most offensive, like why? racially. <laughs> why? What do you mean, why? What have I said that's racially insensitive? Well, I just feel like the whole country was a dumpster fire was the way you referred to it. Oh, God, if I had the match, I would have lit that dumpster right are on fire. Are these a crinkle cut, out. Sam? What are we looking at here? Uh, yeah, they're a crinkle Ooh. cut. They look a bit like a Ruffles from back in the day. Old Ruffles, we love um, those. Well, it's pungent, isn't it? You do love a French onion mm. dip, like a true Ooh. dip. These are tasty. Mm. Hello. Oh, are they? What mm. do they taste like? Tastes like a French onion dip chip. Oh, they do. Let me try. Mm. They're very good. Would eat. Would eat again. Mm. Mm. They taste a little bit like sweet and sour, sweet sour cream and chives, maybe mm. in Australia. Tins. They do. Mm. They're very tasty. Mm. Well, that's um. Rating. Eight thirty-five in the morning. That's uh, breakfast. What's um, the rating? Rating. What are we doing again? Is it out of 10? Yes. Um, again, we need to break it down because I don't feel like we've nailed it. But um, I think that based on the name, Kiwi Onion Dip. Well, you know what's so annoying about New Zealand, right? Okay, we're just really trying to cap off the really offensive episode. Yeah. Why do they need to, like, what are they ramming their name on everything for? You don't get by our chips and they're like, classic Aussie atomic tomato. Classic Aussie light and tangy. Classic Aussie cheese and onion. Why do they need to have kiwi on it? Who gives a fuck? I don't understand what that means. What's the brand? Blue. Bluebird. Which, you know what I mean? Like, does that, like, are they, we need to find out. Are these made in New Zealand? They're a Smith's brand. They're just Smith's chips. Are they fucking joking? Well, that's just misleading and deceptive conduct, isn't it? I'd like to actually know if any... New Zealanders, listen, are these sold in New Zealand? Because they're in the international section. It's made in New Zealand. Okay, well, there we go. Okay, from local and imported ingredients, which is the trick. None of it's, you know, whatever. I mean, okay, I, I get why you've got kiwi on then because you're making them in New Zealand. I see where you're going. I, I don't know if I'm into it, though. But uh, do they make, do we make chips in Australia? I don't even know. I'm not sure. Surely if Smith is making these in New Zealand, they must be making the Australian ones in Australia. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I just don't think it's necessary to put kiwi on there. Can someone clarify? Is there anyone in New Zealand in this group? Like, what's the deal? Is it got kiwi on it? Because, like, is there something that I'm missing here? Like, is it, like, their kiwi onion dip? Like, is there a classic onion dip they're replicating? Is it is there something going on here that makes it kiwi other than the fact that they've made them in New Zealand? Because then I think it's fucking overdramatic. Calm down. What's also overdramatic is that these are almost off. What's the date today? <gasps> Don't tell me I've eaten off chips. 26th? <laughs> What does the date say? 23rd. Of February. Yeah. Oh, guys, just so you know, one of my great fears in life is eating off things. And that's just what I've done for this podcast. You know, it's funny. I just watched um, the first episode of Seinfeld again, because what a 10 out of 10. And in it, when um, the second episode, Jerry's telling Elaine because she's staying at his house while he goes away. (laughs) Jerry's like, the next rule is the refrigerator. Deduct two days off all expiry dates and it must go in the bin. No soft cheeses, butters two day. Everything has to have a deduction of two days, which reminded me of you because it's usually like that overreaction. Makes it very like expensive. Although you refuse to eat anything out of a freezer, so get off my back, bro. Don't eat out of the freezer. <laughs> That's a crime. 
What are you using it for? What's in the freezer for? If you get a, if Sam like comes to your house for any reason and you offer him ice like out of your freezer, Mm-mm. don't. He won't. Mm-mm. No, no, no. I don't. I treat it like barley ice. You just don't do it. You just don't get near it. Anyway, that's the episode for this week. I've recorded it live, basically. You're getting into your ears live, basically. I've just finished recording. Um, I'm back at HQ. As always, it is an absolute pleasure hosting the Literally Nobody Cares podcast. The Literally Nobody Cares Facebook group is a 10 out of 10. It's filled with 10 out of 10s. We're growing daily. What we're not growing daily on is Sojourns with Sam. That's a lie. We actually are. But Sojourns with Sam on Instagram. S-O-J-O-U-R-N-S with Sam. If you would like me to spell with Sam, fucking leave. Unsubscribe and go if you can't handle with Sam. Sojourns with Sam on Instagram. Love you the most. It's all happening down here at Spin HQ today. We'll see you next time. Love you.